Hello and welcome to episode two of Virtual on Relay FM. This episode of Virtual is brought to you by Igloo. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hey, Mike. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. It's been a crazy week, so I'm I'm extremely happy to be here with you to discuss video games. So you've had a busy week this week, right? You've had a lot going on at Mac Stories, and you had the Perspective uh, Icons launch as well, yeah. um, which is which are fantastic, which people should check out. And I'll put those in the show notes, which can be found at relay.fm slash virtual slash two. I'll put those in there. Um, so what I wanted to ask you before we jump into follow-up today, when you have a week like this where you're super, mm. super busy, do you have any time for video games? That's actually a great question. Um, I want to think that I do have time, but in reality, I do not. So this yeah. week, basically, the, I, I got to play video games twice. And uh, last night, for like 30 minutes, I played uh, on my iPad. And a couple of days ago, um, before the launch of the, of the icons, um, I played a bit of PS Vita. And uh, I thought about, you know, just maybe relaxing for an hour with my Wii U, but I you know, I really couldn't find the time. And this is a great question yeah. because I, I wanted to talk about, you know, kind of time management applied to, to trying to find the time for a hobby. Uh, and in this case, video games. And it's just that, you know, working from home, I just feel bad, you know, because my work is there and I know that I have a lot of work to do. It's not like I have a lot of work at the office. So when I'm not at the office, I'm home, I don't see work. I work from home, so I always see work. I always get messages from people wanting my attention. I always get emails. So I just feel bad, you know, playing video games. Yeah. No, I, I see, I had some time for games last week, which was great. Um, and that, But that was because we weren't recording last week. We released the episodes on Monday when we launched Relay. And then I've sort of spent the week doing a bunch of stuff like admin things and talking to sponsors and arranging stuff with you guys. Um, so, but I had some time for video games. Now this week I've not played any because I'm back to recording again. So I'm, I'm at the same time I'm trying to just find my flow. And plus, some stuff's happened this week which has like taken up more of my time uh, than usually things would take up my time. Um, so you know, I'm hoping that maybe as the weeks go on, I can try and get back into some sort of flow again. Because I'd played video games before, you know, when we were on Five by Five, but I didn't have to to run the business as well. But what I'm hoping is, Federico, is that I only do this for a few more months, and then I'll quit my job and then just play video games from nine to five. So uh, you know, I hope that people from your job are not listening to. Uh... <laughs> Well, anyway. <laughs> Should we do some follow-up? <laughs> yes. Mike, so, why don't you... Uh, I saw that you have a link about, about PS4 and Remote Play. Yeah, uh, at Mike the Fifth on Twitter uh, got in touch. Because if you remember, I was talking about how uh, Remote Play wasn't very good on my Vita because my Wi-Fi connection wasn't very good. Well... This was something that I thought should happen, but I didn't. I should have looked more, but I didn't. But Michael said that you can actually create a direct connection from the PlayStation to the Vita without going via your router. So it's called the PS4 Link. Um, now, there, I'm going to include in the show notes of today's episode PlayStation's guide on how to do this. I've not yet done it because 
I've you know been absolutely, I haven't felt a need to. The, the when I did it the first time, I was kind of just playing around. Um, but typically, I wouldn't really need to do it if I'm in vicinity of the PlayStation because I if I'm in the house, I can just play the PlayStation whenever I want because it's the TV in this room which nobody it basically hasn't even got a connection to a television aerial. It's just for the Mac Mini and for my PlayStation. Um, but I will try it out at some point, but right now I, I haven't needed to. But it's good to know you can do that, because the, obviously the benefit is if you have it in the television in your front room and you want to play the PlayStation, but your significant other wants to watch a movie, um, you can then just grab the Vita and it, you can have the PlayStation running and use it as a second screen, which I know is something you do, Federico, with your Wii U. Um, so it's good to know that there's, there is a better way if you have a terrible internet connection like I do. Yeah, that's uh, actually the, the, you know, the second screen feature is one of the, um, one of my favorite features of the, of the Wii U because, uh, um, for instance, um, there's this TV show, um, on the Italian television. So I don't, I don't really watch, uh, much, uh, Italian television, but there's this one show, man, that I really, really like. What's it called? So, uh, it's, <laughs> it's just a stereotype. It's about the mafia. <laughs> and and it's about cops fighting the mafia. It's actually a very deep topic, but it's just you know the kind of uh, uh, the kind of epic story that you get in like TV shows and stuff. It's like uh, these policemen with awesome weapons, and you know they they fall in love with each other. It's kind of a mix of a soap opera and, and a TV show. Does like, anyone from it? the police and the mafia ever fall in love? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, but sounds like a tough. Sounds tough. Yeah. What's this show so, called? What's the name? <laughs> it's called Squadron Anti Mafia. Squadron. <laughs> it's like Team Anti Mafia. Something. Yeah. So How do you this... spell the middle word? <laughs> Squadra. Right. Ah, okay. Yeah. Squadra. Anti Mafia. Yeah, I get anti, it. Anti Mafia. Anti Mafia. Yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> so, so we really. So we really, so, <laughs> They're just gonna please don't go around London saying squad anti mafia because I'm not sure. <laughs> oh Palermo, oh, I'm going there. I'm going to Palermo. Maybe yeah. I can be in the TV show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> please. So anyway, there's this one show uh, that we like to watch, and the next episode, the, the new series actually is starting on Monday. Oh, so, yes, big day Monday. Yes, so, so I have my Wii U, and if I ever want to or need to play, you know, to take notes about a game that I want to discuss on directionally, if I uh, want to keep the TV on, uh, because maybe it's a, it's a bit, you know, it's a boring episode and I can do something else while I watch it, I can use the Wii U second screen feature. And the same happened uh, when I was playing Zelda. A few months ago, uh, my girlfriend wanted wanted to to watch uh, some show on the on the on the TV, and I just took my 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 Wii U gamepad, and it, and it was great. The quality, as as I told you, is not so great, but the idea is awesome. So yeah, I do want to try um, the PS4 uh, remote play. It's just that uh, you know my Wi-Fi is so terrible; it's worse than yours. So I don't know what what will happen. With that, I feel like you actually need to get a PlayStation Four first, though. Yeah, I need to get a PS Four first, then worry about my my Wi Fi. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking of the PlayStation, Mike, um, I know that you wanted to to check on my uh, Rogue Legacy status. Yeah, so many people have shared in my concern uh, for your absolute anxiety over playing Rogue Legacy that you were that you were suffering from. So, um, have you gotten over your fears and, and upset about about the game? Oh yeah, are you playing now? Okay. Oh yeah, I don't care about the little people dying anymore. Good. This is really good news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I just figured, you know, I'm overthinking this. And yeah, you were, to... buddy. You really, really were. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's just you know they have a they have a they have a a really designed menu to make you feel bad about choosing people it's like i'm playing god and i need to decide who dies and who lives no you see i they i don't i don't think they designed it that way i think you took it that way i think there's a big difference <laughs> I, I i want to believe that it's designed that way so anyway yeah <laughs> i got over my anxiety and I, I just don't care anymore so I've been playing, I've been getting better. I managed to get into a different section of the castle. Oh, uh, which well, was like the called the, No, it, it was called like the Maya. Yeah. Or something. Gets really hard yeah. there, doesn't it? Yeah, and I yeah. just died. So um, I probably need to get better still. And um, So my tip is, because I'm still not... Okay. I, with some characters I can get through a few of the like the rooms in like the other worlds, like the Maya. But I'm still not good enough to really advance through. So what I would say, Federico, if you get to the point where you go into one of those other worlds, reverse back, like go back the way you came, open the map and take a look at if there's any unexplored rooms in the castle. Mm. So, you know, you can see like you've got the square and then it like you can see that there's an unexplored, like it's a corridor without another room attached because you've not been to it yet. Go there. Basically spend as much time as you can exploring all of the castle and collecting up all the gold that you can so you can continue to advance and just get stronger and stronger and stronger and then eventually you'll be able to use the like the upgraded characters with upgraded stats to move into the other realms this is rogue legacy which is on the playstation 4 and the ps vita in case you missed episode one it's a fantastic game that everyone should be playing if you have those devices and if you don't have those devices then you should think about getting one to play it. it's that good yeah. So next up, Mike, um, we didn't mention that the DS had a, uh, actually an Opera browser uh, cartridge that you could buy for the DS. Yeah, how did this a... come up? Because uh, we were talking about my old Nintendo DS, and I brought up the fact that it didn't have a browser. Actually, there was an Opera browser, and listen, uh, Solomon uh, sent us a photo of the <laughs> Opera browser. Uh, game cartridge that you could buy so you could buy a physical browser yeah i definitely and... had this oh yeah of course yeah it's such a well, mic thing well, to buy. okay did they did they ever build in a browser into the into the ds mm, i'm gonna say with the ds i okay then maybe well, basically cause because i just remember the i was the for internet i guess yeah okay that would make sense because i i remember surfing the internet on my ds but it could have been it could have been a dsi or a ds Lite rather than the regular ds so i'm assuming that maybe i bought this but it could have just been a later device yeah it was a dsi because the ds Lite, which is the one that i'm playing games on right now uh doesn't have a browser the dsi they added a bunch of uh web features 
Right, I'm going to say it's on the side because even me, I, I can't imagine why I would have wanted to buy a web browser for it because that, I mean, that is kind of crazy. I mean, I don't know what you'd, what you'd do. And and Solomon, uh, listener Solomon said that um, he he used it for four years until he got his iPod Touch. Like he actually used it. So bravo to you, Solomon. That's some serious commitment. You deserve a Fatici seal of quality. Yes. Yes, we don't we don't give those out often, but no. in this case, uh, totally deserved. So, I have uh, more links, Mike. So we are slowly so much so actually, into- Federico. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yes, um, Solomon, email me um, or send me a tweet or something, and I will actually send you a Vitici seal of quality for that because <laughs> I have some here. Oh, I have a very nice. small collection of them here. I sent you some, didn't I? Uh, yeah. You know, I actually think I gave one to one to my parents. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I sent you some. But I I have a few here, and I think that Solomon deserves one for his time in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, uh, with the with the next few links, I feel like we're uh, slowly drifting into into insanity. Okay. Good. Let's do this. <laughs> okay. So the first one is uh, Charles Martinet. Uh, is the voice actor for many, many Nintendo characters, including Mario, Luigi, and Wario, and Waluigi, which everybody hates. And um, so he's making Vines, videos on Vine and on Instagram. And the way that he's making these videos is pretty awesome and incredible. So he's playing with little Nintendo figurines, usually Mario and Luigi and also Wario and others. Uh, he walks down the street and or other places and he just hold, holds up these little characters uh, to, the, to the phone's camera, and he talks with the, with the voices of those characters. So it looks like it's basically a mix of video games and real life, and they are totally insane and weird and awesome at the same time. It's like a trifecta of, uh, you know... What I don't you... understand is he's still currently the voice of these characters. Yes. Yes. But Nintendo are letting him do this, or at least not stopping him. Yeah. It seems not strange to me, because this doesn't seem like something Nintendo would enjoy. Yeah, it's a... I don't know. It's probably a new kind of uh, Nintendo getting more social. I don't know. <laughs> new it's Nintendo, a, right? <laughs> new Nintendo, yeah. So go go, go watch the video. So there's a link to the, to the Vine uh, profile. They're kind of Next creepy, up. right? In the same way yeah, as they are awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, two sides of the same coin. Um, speaking of uh, <laughs> insanity and creepiness, um, there's been a bunch of Pokemon news lately. But the one that stood out to me was the Slowpoke Regus song. Yeah, I got about a third of the way through this video and yeah. couldn't, couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know why this happened. It's an official video from Nintendo, from the Pokemon company from Japan. So it's not a, a fan-made uh, video. It's an official piece of content from Nintendo and from the Pokemon company. And it's a, a song, all right, uh, with Slowpoke. And I, I would just say to go check it out and, and just look at the screen and try not to... Uh, I don't know, close the tab or start crying or just laugh for 30 minutes because so, it's all of those feelings into one. Do you remember the Pokemon TV series? 
Uh, yeah. So yeah. at the end, they used to have songs, right? Is it one of those? Is it, was it a song created for the TV show, do you know? Hmm. That's a good question, Mike. Because Are you that... sure they used to have songs at the end? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because we only, we only had the, the, like, the theme song in, in Italian. No, man, they had like, the pokey rap and stuff like that. In Italian, it was called Be by Pokemon. Yeah, which is like just go Pokemon, <laughs> go, <You know? laughs> go Pokemon. Yeah, basically. Um, I wonder why they gave it a different name. So you had, you had rap songs at the end of each Pokemon episode for yeah, the man. Br- British TV show. Oh, it was, so was it was it like was it like British rap? No, no, it was because we had the American version, right? Uh-huh. They, didn't, they didn't create like a British so, version. We speak the same language. So the Pokemon don't talk with a British accent. No. That, right, w- that would gonna, have been amazing. That would have been amazing, man. This is something that I think is worth hearing. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up. I'm okay, gonna play it now. Yes, because I, I I'm surprised that you've never heard it. But I guess if if they overdubbed Pokemon into Italian, then you would never wouldn't have heard it. But there were there were Poke raps. Um, there the, were a the, few the, actually. There the were, Pokemon there, were rapping or the trainers. Uh, no, there was like a sort of voiceover of someone that this, <laughs> wow. this is an ad right now that, that's playing. Um, so they would do these at the end of the episode, and there were a bunch of different ones. Like, so it got all of the different Pokemon characters. So this is one of the Poke Raps. We gotta rap some Pokemon. You just do the singing, I'll take care of the hard part. Let's get it on. I want to be the best there ever was to beat all the So it goes on like this for like three minutes. <laughs> it's insane. Yep. It's long. So they had different crazy. versions of this that they cut up and used. Doesn't really make any sense. I heard Jigglypuff. You did. So that's wow. where they used to end. But then it continues because they've pieced them together, I think, or they've got like the full uh Pokemon rap. But there were other um there were other songs like uh On the Road to Viridian City. You know none of these, do you? Because basically at the end of the episode they had a section called Pikachu's Jukebox. I really don't remember this stuff. And then they would play like these songs. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. This is insane. Yep, this was the end of every Pokemon episode. How do you play a How song did like we this. end up doing this? I don't know. We've seriously derailed the show. But I'm going to yes, sing along in a minute. Did. I'm I'm very sorry. There we go. So there you go. Wow. You have those. No, that I I I only remember that we had regular episodes and that was it. It's it's probably related to the fact that um Pokemon was a 
aired on the Berlusconi TV network. <laughs> so th- there must be some sort of connection between Berlusconi the Berlusconi was responsible for removing the songs. For a lack of rap songs. Uh-huh. So anyway, Mike, moving on, but still talking <laughs> about Pokemon. You know, there's going to be uh, a game, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to mm-hmm. be a, a video game. And this game is going to be uh, um, a mix of Pokemon and Tekken, the fighting game series. And uh, and it's called Pokken. Pokken. Like, yeah, like Tor- Tekken and Pokemon. Pokken. Yes, Pokken Tournament. And, uh, and it's going to be a, a fighting game with Pokemon um, fighting each other. This sounds totally weird. Uh, and it is. So go, go check out the trailer. And it was a, an announcement from... from uh, the past week. Right now, it's only an arcade game for Japan. And this is kind of strange, and it made me think about the fact that maybe Nintendo is saving um, a confirmation for, for a console version of this game for after Super Smash Brothers. Because, I mean, it's a fighting game with Pokemon. It's, if you're a Pokemon nerd, it's, like, huge news, right? And I guess we're assuming Wii U only? We're assuming we knew we you only, yeah, because it wouldn't be the first time, right, that you know, Nintendo has uh, brought arcade games to the consoles. I'm, I'm for instance, I'm thinking about you know uh, the F Zero um, GameCube game that used to be on arcades too, but also the opposite is true because uh, we talked about on um, Directional when we were on Five by Five, we talked about the Mario Kart uh, arcade version, which uh, never came to consoles, yeah. so. Yeah, it could be that this one is uh, eventually going to come up to to the Wii U, or maybe it'll remain stuck in Japan on the arcade machines. We don't we don't know. Mm, I feel um, like there's going to be too much demand for it. For yeah, them not to probably. put it on console. This is one of those things that's that people are going to want. I, I would like to play this. It seems kind of crazy enough that I would like to play this. Yeah. So the, in the video, there's a two uh, let's say human-like Pokemon fighting each other. But according to uh, to the producer of the game, um, I saw a bunch of links with translations from Japanese. Uh, it, it will not be limited to um, humanoids figures. It's gonna be all kinds of Pokemon. Hmm. So this is interesting. But speaking of Mario Kart, Mike, uh, the, actually the oh, big yeah. news that I wanted that I wanted to talk about for follow up and, and links before we uh, try to address uh, a little topic that we had in mind. Um, I wanted to talk about Mario Kart getting basically half of new content through DLCs uh, starting uh, this year. So uh, Nintendo announced these new extra uh, content packs for uh, Mario Kart 8. And basically Mario Kart is getting a bunch of new characters, uh, new cars, new courses, and and... What's what's big about this is not the the simple fact that they're adding stuff to the game, is that they're bringing Nintendo characters from outside the Mario universe to Mario Kart. So, for instance, Link from Zelda and F Zero cars and Animal Crossing characters, they're coming to Mario Kart Eight as a DLC. And Nintendo has split uh, these uh, extra content in two in two uh, packs. Uh, the first one. Adds links, uh, adds link and uh, the villager from Animal Crossing, and the second one available in May of 2015 will add um, other, I guess, dry browser from um, 
like the little Skeletor character and other stuff from Animal Crossing New, New Leaf and four vehicles and eight tracks. So it's really a lot of stuff. And you can buy right now a bundle of the two DLCs for 12 bucks, which is super cheap. And you're getting a lot of stuff. Yeah, and Actually, if you get for, these for, now, this is the thing that I don't like about this. If you get them now, you'll get like these Mercedes cars in the game. Yeah, which is yeah. weird. It's that's just also the weird. Mercedes. Yeah, that that's a weird partnership. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that bit so much. The rest of it, I think, is fantastic, and I think that is, I think it's cool. I, I think this is awesome. I think it's exactly the sort of stuff that Mario should be. Uh, so that Nintendo should be doing. I call them Mario now. I'm like my grand my grandma or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly the type of thing that uh, nin- Nintendo should be doing. They should be extending their like IP, and and I loved what you called it. And I wish they would do this. Actually, you you tweeted and said that they're basically they're calling it Super Smash. Like, well, it's like they should just call it Super Smash Kart, which I thought yeah, was fantastic. Because- and I wish that was the name of the game. Yeah, because I mean, it's uh, it's it's if you're used to the Mario Kart franchise, this is a a really new take on on the on the game because Mario Kart used to be used to be right called that for a reason because it's just you know Mario Kart Mario the Mario universe and now having I I think it is a bit weird to see a a, a game with the Mario name having Link from Zelda and Animal Crossing and cars from F Zero and Mercedes cars. It's just you know a bit strange, and I think it would be better. Um, it would be a better fit also because uh, Super Smash Brothers is a, is a huge name. At the, I mean, most Nintendo fans know uh, the name, and and I think Nintendo should maybe consider uh, changing their strategy with the Mario Kart franchise and maybe try to call it a different way, because it 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 does seem to me that that. It was a. This was kind of a an afterthought, and they decided because they are maybe in a little bit of trouble to bring in more characters to 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 Mario Kart, and, uh, and it doesn't feel like this was a, a the sort of decision that was you know uh, that was finalized before the game was finished. No, see, I, feels- I I have uh, two points about about this, so. I, I agree that Super Smash Kart, I think, is a better name, but I think Mario Kart is too ubiquitous. I think people that don't even really play games know Mario Kart. The, the, the franchise is huge. But I don't think that this was last minute. And the reason I said is, or like I don't think it was reactionary, is because of Mebo. Mm-hmm. For them to oh, get yeah. the Mebo stuff working, and if they want to include these sort of characters in Mario Kart, which they should, like if you have a, a Zelda or a Link Mebo, and you want to race with him in Mario Kart, well, they need to start getting the characters into the games. That's a, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, it could be that... I don't know, it's just, it's just me probably, because I, I grew up used to, to seeing, you know, uh, Mario Kart with just Mario characters, yeah. and now there's, there's... Which is awesome, by the way. It's, it's awesome that I can play as Link and Mario Kart, and I, and I can wait to check it out as soon as I have more time. It's just that it feels a little strange to me and 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 the fact that the, that it's that you can only have the game that that kind of experience by downloading a DLC it feels like it's a 
you know, the, the kind of content that you decide afterwards. Yeah. And, and it could be that it's not in this way. Or maybe it's just a coincidence, you know, that they thought about, you know, the Amiibo stuff and now uh, they figured, oh, yeah, well, we could bring the characters to Mario Kart. I don't know. I guess we'll never know for sure. Uh, but yeah, I agree that from a gamer's perspective, it's awesome. From a historical perspective, I guess it's a bit strange. Saying about Amiibo, I think that's the first time I've thought about Amiibo or seen anything about Amiibo since they announced it. Yeah, not really. Me neither. So, yeah. I can't think of anything else that I've seen. Which oh is, yeah, but I haven't heard a single thing about it. <laughs> it's curious. I don't think it's bad or good. It's curious. Yeah. Right, so we should probably get on to talking about our topic for today. Um, but before we do that, Federico, I would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this week's episode. Yeah. And that is the fine people over at Igloo. They are sponsoring this week's episode of Virtual. Igloo is an internet you'll actually like. Igloo is built with you in mind. They have super easy to use, really awesome cool apps like shared calendars, Twitter-like microblogs, file sharing, and so much more. These are all integrated into Igloo's platform and are really simple to set up and configure. Everything that you're going to need is built right into Igloo, and everything is social right out of the box. This means when you upload a file or a presentation or an image of your latest creation in Mario Kart to Igloo, or you write a blog post, your team can share it with each other, comment on it, rate it, and like it. This is just like the social apps that you're used to using every day. It's bringing something a little bit more fun and refreshing into the day-to-day and into your intranet. With Igloo's latest release, you can also manage the tasks associated to your content, like updating the images for that big keynote on Tuesday or delegating actions after a meeting. Tasks is the latest app to be integrated into Igloo's intranet platform and was just released last week to all customers with their unicorn release. This is task management built right into Igloo. So all of the stuff that you upload there, you can add tasks to it. So if you want to, as I say, upload that keynote and you need Federico to take a look at the headlines, you can attach a task, which you can assign to Federico to tell him, look at the headlines for this keynote. Igloo's task management is designed with people in mind. Just It's for humans. So you can manage your projects, your personal to-dos, and everything in between in one unified view, all inside your internet. Igloo have really built something that will help keep you on top of your work. If your company has a legacy internet built on SharePoint or old portal technology, you should be giving Igloo a try. And it's free to use with up to 10 people. If you want to be more connected, more social, and more productive in your workplace, Igloo is for you. You can sign up today and try it out with as I say for free for up to ten people over at igloosoftware.com slash virtual. Go to that URL that will help support the show. It will also help support Igloo as well. That's igloosoftware.com slash virtual. It will of course be in the show notes. Thanks so much to Igloo for supporting virtual and all of Relay FM. So Federico, tell me about what you want to like to discuss today. I wanted to talk about playing difficult games and trying to find the balance between frustration when playing games that are difficult and that require a certain amount of skill and giving up because you, you're too frustrated by a game, you don't have time to play and you don't have time to get better at, at, at the game so much that you can master um, the levels or the enemies completely. So this kind of, uh, this kind of thought... Uh, it came to me 
when I saw the news that the creator of Flappy Bird, um, Dong, um, what's the, the way that you pronounce the, like, mm. Vin, I guess? Uh, yeah. Because once they, um, there was a listener to one of our old shows and they told us um, the way to, to pronounce these. Uh. So this is one of those things where we can turn to the chat room. Chat room, can you please help us? How do you pronounce the name N-G-U-Y-E-N? I it's believe a, it's, it's a, Nguyen, something like that. Vi- um, yeah, it's a Vietnamese name. Yeah, so, so let's see if the chat room can help us with that, but let's carry on. So when I saw the news about the new game from the creator of Flappy Bird, and when I actually um, downloaded the game, which is called Swing Copters, I, I realized that, uh, that this was a, a discussion that I wanted to have for a while. So... I'm gonna I'm gonna start from Swing Copters as a as a frame of reference and try to to have this uh, discussion with you. Uh, Swing Copters, the first version that came out on the iPhone and I guess also on the iPad because it's a universal game. It was extremely difficult, right? It's a game uh, unlike Flappy Bird. You you have to tap on the screen to make these little characters with a with a helicopter on his head fly through. Um, uh, I guess they're hammers swinging from platforms, yeah. And you gotta fly through these platforms and avoid the obstacles and try to not touch anything. Uh, but unlike Flappy Bird, it was an extremely unforgiving game where uh, the collision mechanics were super uh, sensitive. Uh, I mean, in Flappy Bird, you. You, you can get killed and die in, in a level if you get close to a pipe. But in the first version of Swing Copters, and I keep saying first version because there's a difference that I want to talk about later, uh, even getting just one pixel closer to, to the obstacle would get you down to the ground. And, and I, I played for, uh, uh, I don't know, 30 minutes when, I, when I, the morning after it came out on the App Store, and I couldn't get past uh, zero. Uh, after an hour of playing the game, I got to one. And eventually I managed to get two. And I stayed with uh, my high score of two uh, until uh, the developer, which, by the way, do we know the name? Uh, people are posting audio files in the chat room, okay, um, which so isn't necessarily what, I'm, what we're looking yeah. for. So let, let's just carry Let's just call him Dong for now. Okay. So uh, he updated the game um, a few days after the, the release to version 1.1, which basically it's uh, it's a different game now. No, not because it's of, not. It's, no, okay, really, I can't Mike, play this on. game. No, okay, so we, we can talk about this later. So uh, if you, if you, even if you just take a look at the leaderboards, and at least from my experience, um, uh, the game is super... Well, not super, but I would say much easier. Oh, Federico, I've just realized I've been playing this game completely wrong. Why? Okay, so... Okay. So the instructions when when you start the game, they say... You don't have to play tap left or right. No, it's not even that. I was just persistently tapping. No, man. Like over and over again. No, Rather than like you tap to go left, tap to go right. Yeah, yeah, now it's I, actually a, a deceptively simple game. Because it is. I was overthinking it, and I don't yeah, know why. Yeah. So now, yeah. okay, now I'm going to keep playing while we're talking, and I'm going to see if I can okay. beat my score of one. Yeah. And basically, with the update, 
and uh, the game was made much much easier. And I was reading this interview um, on the Atlantic. Um, there was an article about like comp- competitive games and um, Flappy Bird and Swing Copters. And the developer told the, the author that um, he wanted to make the game easier because it's a game for everyone. And he didn't want to cause the frustration of Flappy Bird, which he removed from the App Store because because of that difficulty, it became addictive for people. Because but it why, became... did he, why did he create it that difficult in the first place then? Because <sighs> Swing Copters... Right, so Flappy Bird was was difficult but playable and fun. Swing Copters was impossible. Like in, in the first release, in the yes. first release, like yes, people getting a score higher than one were like heralded. Yeah, you know. Anyway, that's why that's why I shared my screenshot showing a high score of two. Yeah, because it was a mi- major milestone for me. So um, I, still, I, I still I, can't get past one. By the way, I'm, I'm trying. Okay. So I was thinking about I was thinking about the first release of Swing Copters, and basically I gave up because I I, I wasn't finding the game enjoy you know to be an enjoyment for me. But I saw that some people that I follow on Twitter were trying so hard to to get better at the game, and I saw many people whose opinion I respect when it comes to game design and and you know history of video games. And they were saying that Swing Copters was actually a masterpiece of game design. And I just couldn't understand why. So I kept thinking about, you know, why is that that I got frustrated with, with a beta game? And maybe it's just that I like to play easy games. And would that be, would that be shameful for me to admit that I don't have time in my life for getting to the kind of skill required to play a game like Swing Copters 1.0 or to play something like Dark Souls, which is regarded as one of the most uh, difficult, but also one of the masterpieces of the last generation of, of beta games. And could it be that, I, that I'm the easy guy who wants to play easy games? And I realized that, it, that maybe it's always been that way because I, I, because I, don't, I, I don't get enjoyment out of... a unforgiveness when it comes to to beta games um and it could be that maybe um i, I, I want to say maybe i suck at beta games um i don't know could be it's just a, and because I, I kept thinking right about this and i realized that even when i was younger when i was playing sports games and when i got to the point where my friends were getting better at something like fifa right um and uh, there were like uh, multiplayer sessions and there was a lot of competition, right? And and I just couldn't get any enjoyment out of that kind of angry competition, mm-hmm. right? Like the challenge, the challenge of beating someone else. And on the other hand, the kind of the kind of multiplayer fun that I got out of Smash Brothers was difficult. Was different for me because that was a that was an enjoyment. So um. I don't know whether maybe growing up I just don't have time for, you know, spending two hours trying to get better at at a single game. Or maybe it could be that I've always been the kind of guy who wants to have simple, lighthearted kind of enjoyment. Um, But I I only see that with Swing Copters I, I can play now that it's easier. 
And with something like Hotline Miami on the PS Vita, which didn't receive an update uh, to, 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 to be easier, right? It's, it's a difficult game and I'm stuck and I'm not playing the game anymore. For as much as I love the game and I love the story, at least the part that I've seen so far, and I love graphics and the sounds, I cannot, I cannot commit to play five hours of Outline Miami because I, I cannot get past the stage uh, because I get killed every time. And so all this, you know, trying to understand whether it comes from multiplayer or whether it comes from my history of, you know, playing many more Nintendo games that, than, you know, uh, Sony and Microsoft games, or whether it's just a thing that I, that I developed growing up, you know, because I don't have time, because I, I have more responsibilities, I got to think about work and family and my house. I, I, uh, I finally realized that maybe the entire um, the genre of games that they call Masocore, uh, and which so many people are into, and it's many variations, right? Uh, maybe it's just not a thing for me. And maybe I should, I should, I should just ad- admit the fact that I'm, that I'm not as good as many other people at playing games, at playing games like Hotline Miami, at playing Swing Copters, at playing Spelunky, at playing, I don't know, Dark Souls. Uh, and, and, and I don't think that's a necessarily uh, shameful or, you know, I, I don't, I kind of feel, I, I felt bad initially but I don't feel bad having, a, you know, a podcast about video games, and I'm the guy who cannot play who cannot play difficult games. And even the fact that I get killed at Rug Legacy every single time, and I see screenshots of on the internet of people uh, getting so much fun out of Rug Legacy, and I'm getting much much fun out of the game. But I I keep believing that I suck at the game, <laughs> so I I am more inclined to believe that it's a thing that uh, that it's kind of you know an obvious consequence of growing up and not writing or working in the video games industry for a living. And I want to talk to you about your reaction to difficulty in games and whether you are... I don't want to say ashamed of the fact that maybe sometimes a game is too hard, but maybe if you feel kind of bad, you know, when you see everybody raving about a video game and the game is is too difficult for you. Yeah, I mean... Like there's, what goes along with that is like the difficulty level that I choose in games. I I choose normal because I feel like I have to. When sometimes I really wish I just chose easy so I could get through the game. Um, but I I choose normal so I feel like I'm not cheating. Um, like with The Last of Us, and it asked me, and I was like, hmm, I really want to play through this. No, but I'll choose normal because I kind of have to. So I did. Um, I, I have achieved a score of four on Swing Copters now, so I'm going to retire because, you know, I feel, I good, feel, feel good about that. Um, so I've been thinking about this, Federico, when you, when you posed this to me. And I mean, and, and I still maintain that Swing Copters and Flappy Bird, they're, they're, they're kind of just like, I can't play those games. They're, they're, I, don't, I don't get the enjoyment out of it. Um, I like to replay a game because, replay a game because I enjoy it not because it's frustratingly difficult. So, like, I play threes still nearly every day because I love that game. Um, and I was going to say about, like, this is going to be in my what, what I've been playing this week, but Tiny Wings 2, I started playing that through yeah. again because there have been an update 
Yeah, um, I wanted to. I wanted to mention that. Yeah. You know, and and that game is just it's just fantastic, and because it's it's playable, and and I can play it, and I can enjoy it. But games that that are like just punishing, just just straight up punishing, I just don't have time for them because I feel like I'm not getting better. So. And, and then it just annoys me. So I started thinking about, like, what games are like this that I've played and enjoyed? Now, Hotline Miami is one. Super Meat Boy is, is definitely one. Rogue Legacy, Oli Oli. These are games that I think are fantastic. Uh, and these are tough games, and, and they're, they're meant to, to, you know, you're meant to die a lot in them. So I, I was thinking, why do I enjoy these games? where I don't enjoy something like Swingcopters. And I think the thing is, is a lot of these games, I think, come from a different place and, and, and they come from what I consider to be better game design because they are designed in such a way that you either feel like it or you are shown that you're getting better. So hmm. Rogue Legacy, for example... You get better because the more you play, the more you can upgrade your character. Like you get better over time because your character is upgraded. Um, and in Oli Oli, the, the what's difficult about that game is the mechanic, so like the controls. But as you practice it, that be, it becomes more natural for to play that way. You know, and Super Meat Boy is difficult, but it has a really nice curve of learning. Mm-hmm. that it puts you on. So once you get one level, once you crack that level, you're like, right, I know how to do that type of thing now. So then the next time that comes up, like that type of jump or this type of timing, you get to see, oh, that's how I do it. And then it also does that thing where it rewards you at the end, where it shows you like in one screen, the amount, all of your tries happening in one go. So like it ghosts your character, like, um, the, the meat boy um, and you see your, all of your attempts so it's kind of like a badge of honour when you finish so you're rewarded but I, th- I feel like games like Flappy Bird and Swing Copters they don't reward you in any way like it's just like here's four and I think the, the reason that Flappy Bird became popular is because people saw the reward of challenging others that became the reward system so the reason then the game became popular is because it was shared, because the only reward that people could feel that they could get out of the game was to show that their high score was better than somebody else's. But that's not my motivation for playing games. So that's why I don't. I feel like I just see Flappy Bird and Swing Copters as these incredibly difficult games that I just don't enjoy because the reward that people feel for these games is to share their scores and show that they're better. But I don't get that feeling out of getting a score. So that's why I feel games like Super Meat Boy and Rogue Legacy and Oli Oli and Hotline Miami, I just get better at those over time because they are built that way and you are rewarded by getting better because you continue to go into new levels. You unlock new guns, you unlock new swords, you unlock new powers, you unlock new courses and tracks to try out that have these really nice different soundtracks to them. And I feel it's, it's the reward system games that allows me to continue on with them even when they're difficult but I don't latch on to the reward system of Dong Dong's games that's a that's a great answer man thank, thank you Federico yeah. and I, I, I and then that's a such a great point because I I guess um games like tiny wings or 
maybe Spelunky or, you know, uh, Oli Oli or Rogue Legacy, for instance, they, they reward you while you're playing, while you're doing stuff, or at least I do, uh, I feel I get the enjoyment out of doing actions in the game, even if at, I die at the end, or even if my high score at the end is not so high, actually. But in games like Flappy Bird uh, or Swing Copters, the only action that you perform is, you know, to tap on the screen, which is not particularly, I guess, uh, a satisfactory or rewarding experience. So those are games designed for the end. They're games designed effectively to let you die and to show you an advertisement on the screen. And, and even if actually Swing Copters as an option to remove ads... But you get the idea, right? Those are games removed. Uh, those are games meant for a simple interaction, right? And you can play those games while you're waiting in queue uh, at some place, or while you're, you know, uh, waiting at the grocery stores. Uh, those are simple games, and they are designed for the high score. Whereas other experiences, I guess, uh, even if they are difficult and unforgiving games, like like I told you, I cannot finish Hotline Miami because I. I just cannot get better at the game. Yep. But those are games that make you, uh, at least make me uh, feel good while I play them, even if I die at the end. And I guess I'll never, I'll never get past the fact that I, well, I don't have as much time to play as I used to, right? I mean, that's a fact. Even if we talk about video games, and that's that's why I, I love this podcast, because it, it's not strictly about video games, and it's not strictly about you know, digital experiences, but also about the way that we feel about those and the way that we experience we experience those those things. And I guess it could be easier, right? If I, if I, if my website was about video games, and because I would be playing games for a living, and instead this is just you know we can have a, a different discussion about video games here. And uh, I, I do I do agree with you that that it that it comes down to game design. And the kind of background and detail that you want to have in your game, and and this is not meant as an accuse to to to, to the guy of you know to the uh, Flappy Bird and Swing Copter guy because I, I those are in their own way those are great games right because they have an audience and and it's just that I don't believe I'm I'm in that kind of audience and I don't think that I'll ever be because I because they they feel like it, they feel like one of those, you know, social games where you have to 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 get a high score and post to Facebook to challenge your friends, and I'm I'm not into that because uh, the majority of Flappy Bird or Swing Copters uh, comments that I see are screenshots of high scores on the on the on Twitter. Yeah, I I don't see people talking about how great those games are because those are you know simple like utilities to to get a high score. And those are not for me. And maybe someday I'll get into the also difficult, but in a way different games like Dark Souls, for instance. Or maybe I'll eventually I'll manage to finish Hotline Miami. Uh, maybe I should play Hotline Miami too and just, you know, watch the ending for the first game on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> that's very sad, by the way. Uh, maybe, I'll get into, maybe I'll get into those kind of games eventually. Yeah. Uh, but stuff like Flappy Bird is so, you know, frustrating. It's not for me. 
So, what games have you been playing this week? Well, I've been I've been playing I've been playing one that I cannot tell you about, and so that's out. Um, I've been playing Rogue Legacy. Told you, and I I did play a bit of Final Fantasy Tactics on my DS. Basically, I've been playing the same stuff as last week uh, because I like I, I told you I, uh, I had to organize this launch for uh, this other project that I have, and uh, I started writing all my articles for Mac stories. Uh, also, I've been taking notes about this other game, and so yeah, my my two games in this week selection are uh, the same ones from last week. I, I I managed to get a little better at Rogue Legacy. Uh, I am enjoying the game a lot, even if I die. That, see, that's the kind of game that makes me feel good because the gameplay is fantastic. And um, I saw that there's a lot of stuff coming to the PS Vita in September. I plan on getting Velocity 2X. Yeah. I I plan on getting a bunch of stuff for the 3DS uh, from the eShop. So it's going to be next month, hopefully after the release of iOS 8. It's going to be, there's going to be more time for Vita games for me. So um, I've been playing a bit of Last of Us, a bit more of Last of Us. It's just such a good game. It's so well thought out. Like the story is just fantastic, and all of the the elements of gameplay are so good, and it's so tense. Like really tense. Like walking around corners is something going to jump out on me. Like, um, but also like the action scenes are, are really hard. Um, to to play, but but really good. Like the replay value of certain scenes is is great, even though it's difficult to do. And 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 you really and this is interestingly it is a game that is a little bit uh, unforgiving because as I mentioned um, la- on last week's episode, how your character doesn't isn't really good at like gunplay and stuff. You know, you're not fantastic at it because you're a regular guy. Like there is an auto aiming and things like that. You can upgrade weapons though, right? Which make you feel better and stronger over time. But it's just a really, really interesting game, and and it's one that I I I really want to put more time in because it's a world that I'm very, very interested in. I can see how they've made they're going to make this a movie because the world is so interesting that they've created. It's a, it really is a masterpiece of video games. I have to say. The other game, Federico, that, that I wanted to mention is Surgeon Simulator. Wow, really? Yeah, so I, I, I'd heard some interesting things about this game, so I thought I'd give it a go because it looked like fun. So it's basically Surgeon Simulator, is exactly as it sounds. It is a simulation game of being a surgeon. Um, so you basically are in an operating theater and you have to, so the, you're kind of the first thing that you have to do is to perform a heart transplant. Wow, that's an easy start. And that is the all the information you get, by the way. You, your mission, you start the mission, and the mission text is perform a heart transplant. How did you buy this game? What was the thought process to um, get this game? It had just been released on, on PlayStation, so um, I, thought, I, I thought I'd give it a go because, you know, I, I like to try out new games and stuff. I wanted something new to play, so I went okay. with Surgeon Simulator. At first, I thought that the instructions, like the vague instructions, were funny. I thought, like you know, just the instruction perform a heart transplant would be quite funny. But I couldn't play this game. Like it's so hard. So 
basically the controls, uh, you know, are are weird again, like Octodad. Um, you basically you you have one arm, um, and this one arm is controlled by like you move it forward and backwards using the left stick, up and down using the right stick, or something like that. And then you use the shoulder button. So R one. Uh, if you press R1, the finger, your finger, your, like your forefinger and your thumb, no, your index finger and thumb will clench together. And if you press R2, the, the the last three fingers will clench together. So you can imagine this enables you to pick different things up because mm-hmm. you have to pick up different tools like saws and drills and stuff to get through this guy's chest cavity. Uh, so you can try and perform the heart transplant. I just could not do it. It was uncomfortable it actually, after a while, like, it was just so frustrating. <laughs> like, I just couldn't play the game anymore because I was getting so angry with it. Be- because of the difficulty of the game or because you were killing people? The or? difficulty. Like, it's just so hard. Like, because then, like, I was like, I'm obviously doing something wrong. So I looked up at a walkthrough to see, like, what am I doing here? And the walkthrough told me how to do it. But even with the instructions on the actions and the steps that I needed to take, I still couldn't do it because it's so difficult. So then I found a review on GameSpot where they mm-hmm. rated it, I think, four out of ten because the the uh, they're apparently saying that the the um it's so difficult the the control system on the PlayStation is so hard, it's ruined the fun of the game because this wow. a, it was a PlayStation uh, so it was a PC game before and the thing about the PC game is it was precise in what you could do which made it, it was fun but it was possible to do all of these things Like, so this is the quote from the like, got the good and the bad So, but the bad is the PS4 game bad is too inaccurate which spoils the entire joke, that's from the GameSpot review Mm, nice. So yeah, really frustrating and annoying. So you're not gonna be a surgeon. I'm not gonna be a surgeon now. I, I could have been a surgeon, but Surgeon Simulator has, has ruined it for me. Clearly, you need to get your surgeon degree on the PC. I clearly I do. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of want to check out this game. Can, can I? Can I get it on the Mac? Maybe. Maybe it might be on Steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds it sounds crazy. I, mean, the, the, I can try with the, with the with the PC. It's gonna be easier to to to, to grab the the items. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds weird. It is weird. Yeah. Okay, so I think that that brings us to about the end of this week's episode, Federica. Yeah. Yeah. If you would like to catch up with us online, we are at underscore virtual FM on Twitter, and we are at underscore relay FM as well. Um, this show broadcasts live. Or at relay.fm slash live every Thursday at, and I'm going to try my best with this because I, I keep getting this wrong. So it's at 9 p.m. London time, 10 p.m. Italy time, which is also uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time and 4 p.m. Eastern time. There you go. But you can find that over at relay.fm slash schedule. It has a little calendar if you want it. Um, Federico is uh, at Vichichi, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much again to Igloo for sponsoring this week's episode, and we'll be back next time. Federico, don't forget to catch them all. Bye-bye. Arrivederci. <laughs>